going on, world? This is Eric D. Seals, and you are listening to A Filmmaker's Guide to Freelancing. I put this podcast together so that I can give more information to people who are trying to freelance, who are trying to make this a full-time gig, who are trying to make this a a more important hobby. Uh, They just want to take it to the next level. So I've been doing this for uh, over 10 years, and I want to give the mistakes and lessons and information that I've learned so that you don't have to make those same mistakes. And so this is the second episode. I'm excited because this episode is all about red flags. If you haven't already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Eric D. Seals. Okay, so red flags. Red flags happen when clients come to you. And this you're going to hear most of these red flags during the inquiry stage or when someone reaches out to you and says, I want to work with you. It's important to know what these red flags are. Because when you hear them, it's going to put caution into the project that you're about about to work on. I'm not saying that these are definite. There are situations where these aren't going to apply. But when they do apply and when you do hear them, just be cautious because these aren't terms that people are saying to show you that they're serious. They might show you that they're not serious. And it's and and when I, I think about these red flags, I have red flags and yellow flags. And in this first episode, I'm going to try to get through all of them. If not, I'm going to break it up into two different episodes. But when I hear these things, I'm like, okay, one red flag, I'm going to let it pass. Two red flags, I'm probably not going to move forward working with you. And it took a long time to realize what these red flags were. Learning about these red flags took time. You know, it wasn't something that I saw at the beginning of my career. Actually, I saw it a lot at the beginning of my career, but it took many situations to realize what these red flags are. And so I'm just going to get right into them. Um, The first one is we're just a small nonprofit organization. I almost hate when I hear people say we're a small nonprofit. I don't, it's not even the small nonprofit aspect, but when they use nonprofit or church, to say that we want to get this video done. Um, and because we're a nonprofit, we don't have any money, which is not necessarily true. Yes, when it comes to nonprofits and when we work with them, we change our pricing. So it's a little bit different than if we're working with a corporation or a for-profit company. But if someone comes right off the bat and just says, we're a small nonprofit, we don't have any money, that's to me a red flag. They're telling you before the project even starts, that they don't have any money. So red flag situation, anytime someone brings up nonprofit at the beginning, they're trying to tell you, we don't have any money to pay you. The next thing that I can't stand, I hate when people say this, is when they tell you, I just want something to look cool. That is not a final deliverable, okay? Something that looks cool to one person and to another person can be completely different. And you have to be cautious when someone says, I just want something that looks cool because that's not definitive. And so if you do a great job on the project and you execute it and you shot and edit and everything looks perfect, but they don't like it, there's no way to say if that looked cool or not. Cool is not a you did it or not. It's not a fact. It's it's an opinion if something is cool. So whenever someone says, I just want something cool, if they don't know what it is that they want, I will push back on them and say, how long does this need to be? Who do we need to feature? Uh, How many interviews do we need to have? What B-roll do we need to shoot? Definitive things. So when you go back and you have a conversation about the project, you can say, we executed these things. And being cool is not one of them. So Red flag. Another red flag is anytime someone says, I want something that just looks cool. 
the other thing that you're going to hear, especially when you first start out your career, is if anybody says this is going to give you exposure. Now, honestly, there are certain projects that are going to give you exposure and it's worth you doing for a small amount or maybe even free. If they're using that as a negotiation technique at the beginning, that's a huge red flag. Um, They're telling you off the bat, we're not going to pay you anything. And at the beginning of your career or when you're starting out or when you don't have a lot of clients, you think about the exposure aspect because you do want more exposure. The thing that you got to think about when it comes to exposure is actually more so payment. I mean, I look at it like this. If I can get you to work for free, when I have money, I'm probably not going to hire you. I'm going to go hire someone that I couldn't afford another time. Okay. And so once you put yourself in the category of I do free work, then you're showing that you have less value than people who will do it for a paid price because people who are freelancing and value their work aren't giving it away for free. When people offer exposure, they're usually offering that because they just don't want to pay you. Yes, they might tag you in one of their you know, posts. And depending on how big their following is, that might be a different conversation. But for most people, just saying that you're going to give me exposure, exposure is not going to pay my light bill. So unless there's a way that you can compensate me with uh, a form of a transaction that can help me pay my bills or help me buy new equipment, exposure is not going to do it for me. So be careful with exposure. I'm not saying never. There are, I've done, there are times when I've done a project. I did a project, I think last year or two years ago with a high level, I won't say celebrity, but this person was uh, high in the industry. This person had a huge social media following. They were networking with people that I want to do work with in the future. They put a lot of content out and I'm like, this is a great opportunity for me to show possibly these type of people of what I can do. I didn't have anything going on that day. And so the stars fully aligned and I moved forward with that project. The shoot went great. The person was very nice. And uh, long story short, the, the, the project actually never came out. The amount of edits that they were requesting for their free uh, three minute video, I thought was just out of line. And so we end up parting ways. I don't think the, ever, the video ever came out. I'll never show uh, the project because it, it was never released by this person. And, you know, I, I took one for the team in that situation. But I can count on my hand in the last five years how many free projects that I've been asked to do and I've actually taken on. And the next one that comes with that is credit. Now, depending on if you're going more the freelance route or if you're going in the small film route, sometimes credits will be worth your time. But anytime someone says we're going to give you exposure or credit, I'm usually not really interested. A credit on a film, again, is not going to pay my bills. Now for this next one, it's interesting. It kind of depends. When someone says we're going to feed you that day, that's actually not that bad. If you don't have anything going on that day and they want you to come out and shoot and they're going to feed you and feed you well, sometimes that might be worth it. But that can't be an ongoing payment type, you know, over a long period of time. And so when someone says that will feed you again, they're saying that they don't have any money. Another red flag. I don't think people even realize that they do. But 
you should not be asking for a discount the first time you talk to somebody. I, I've had so many people ask for discounts right up right off the jump. Hey, can I get a discount? Why why are you getting a discount from me? Why do you deserve a discount? We've never done work before. Um, you haven't given me a whole bunch of work in the past. Um, I think a lot of people will say, you know, give me a discount because I'm going to connect you with all these other people that are going to hire you. And that's something that we can discuss after it happens. There's a lot of people who want a discount before they hold up their end of the bargain. Okay, so if you're going to lead me to, you know, five other projects, that's great. And I would love to give you a discount on our project, but let's make sure that that happens first, not after. I've had several times where someone has offered uh, a whole bunch of work with their friends, network, family, whatever you call it. That has to happen after you actually have done that. When you have five people who call me and book me, I'm going to come back to you and we can work out a discount, but it can't be before then. You have to hold up your end of the bargain first. The other thing that scares me about that is like-minded clients or people attract like-minded clients and people. So if you're working with this person and they're asking for a discount from the jump, they're more than likely going to attract and connect you with more people who are going to be asking for discounts. So you got to be careful with that because they're just going to attract more people that are doing the same thing. And then if you have a whole bunch of people that are asking for discounts, you're going to be out of business. So don't offer discounts to people if they haven't earned it, if there's not a reason. You know, if it's a large scale project and you want to offer a little something, that's totally fine. But when someone asks for a discount from the beginning, to me, that's a red flag. A huge, next up, a huge red flag. And this doesn't usually happen until the middle of the project is when a client continuously changes what they want. I think it's scope creep, scope creep, something like that. They start with one deliverable, they change it to something else, they change it to something else, and they continuously keep changing it. And you can't execute a job for someone if they keep moving the target. You can't hit a target if it keeps moving. And so that's something that you're usually not going to find out at the beginning of the project. That's something that's going to happen more towards the middle or the end. A way to keep that from happening is to make sure that the project is in writing or a contract at the very beginning. If you make them write down what it is you're delivering, then when they try to change it later, it's not that you can't change it. It's just that it might come with an extra cost. It's funny how quickly people change their mind when I say, yes, we can make that change, but that's out of scope. Uh, in comparison to what we signed as far as the original contract. And so that's going to cost this much extra or it's going to change your price by X. Most of the time people say, okay, it's not that big of a deal. We can go with what we originally had. So <laughs> don't allow people to continuously change what they want. And the way you do that is by writing it down at the beginning because people will change uh, the project over and over and over again if you let them and then Again, you're working on it for the next four months. Another red flag that even happens to us to this day is when someone wants to start the project before we sign a contract. We don't, we're at a point where we don't move forward with any project until a contract is signed. We're usually more lenient on the down payment, but when it comes to a contract, we have a digital contract you can sign from your phone. There's no reason that it can't be signed before we get started. 
So if anybody ever wants to start their project before the contract, that's a red flag to us. And now we're at a point where it's a no, we won't get started. We won't show up. And it's funny how quickly people are able to sign after that. But when you start doing work before the contract is signed, you're putting yourself in a bad situation because there's no written agreement on what's going to be executed. How many days you're going to be shooting? How many days of B-roll? What equipment you're going to be bringing? What the end deliverable is going to be? How long the video is going to be? All those type of things. So you want all those things in writing first because then there's no debate on what should be done. Another red flag that we see on a regular basis is people set up shoot times and shoot days and there's no starter end time. It's just come and film. Most of the time there'll be a start time, but there'll be no end time or they don't have a lunch break. A lot of clients don't understand that you still deserve breaks when you're doing a day of shooting. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. You deserve 45 minutes on a 10 hour day to chill out, sit down, have lunch. And if they had their opportunity, they'd have you film all 14, 24 hours of the day. Okay. And so always have a start and end time for all of your shoots. You need to let them know when you're going to be there, when you're going to arrive, when you're going to start shooting and let them know when you're going to start packing up and when you're going to be gone by. Um, anybody who doesn't respect that, that's a red flag to me because if we can't fit everything in that time, then we need to add another day, which means that you're going to have to pay more for that. And a lot of people don't understand that they try to squeeze everything in one day, multiple locations, multiple interviews, B-roll, drone footage, gimbal footage. You can't do all that in one day. You need to break it up into different days or add more people to the team. And so it's a huge red flag if they're packing too much in the day and they have no end time. They're just, we're going to shoot until it's done. One thing I always like to ask a new client or someone who's working with us for the first time is why did you reach out to us? You know, was it, you know, a recommendation? Did you see some of our work that you liked? And it's twofold. One, I want to find out what marketing efforts are working and how people are getting to us so we can do that more. But it also leads me to the question of why aren't you working with the last person that you worked with? It gives me insight of the struggles and pains that they had when they worked with that previous person. Um, but it also lets me know, are they going to talk bad about that person? It's completely professional to say last person we worked with, um, you know, didn't show up on time, didn't deliver the edits when requested and, you know, was hard to work with on the shoot. That's super professional. That's how you want your clients to talk about a bad experience with somebody else. But if they start talking negatively and they start using, you know, bad words and bad terms to talk about that person, know that they can do the same thing to you. And so I don't want to hear someone talk negatively about a previous freelancer that they worked with in a derogatory way, because that lets me know that they can do the same thing to me at the blink of an eye. And so you want to try to find out why they're not working with the last person. I mean, there's a reason they're not working with that person. Something didn't go right. Their costs were too high. Um, your work is better. Whatever the reason is, you want to find out why, but you also want to be listening for key words to make sure that they're not talking about that person in a certain way because they're going to do the same thing to you if your relationship goes foul. On top of that, I actually don't like working with clients that don't have a filter and it just honestly comes with abusive language. I, I play football. 
I, I've worked at different networks that people are using all different types of crazy language. And I'm very flexible on, on people and how they speak. I do believe you should have some type of filter just because you're not in the corporate office doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some filter applied to how you speak to freelancers or to people that you're going to be working with. I mean, the way I, I talk when I'm working with someone is not how I talk with when I'm with my friends. It's completely different. And I, I think it's important for that client to have that same respect. I've had people that I've had to partner with and work with where they've made me feel uncomfortable with the way that they were speaking about either people in the room or the situation or how we were going to film something. And I just, it's, it's a hard cutoff for me. Like as wide as my filter is for being okay with how people speak, I just, if you offend me, you have to have gone pretty far. When I'm on the phone with someone and the first time we're talking, the first time I meet you and you're talking this way already, it opens up the door to Pandora's box down the road and just how you conduct yourself. And I want to work with clients that conduct themselves with a professional level. I'm going to do the same thing for you. You're not going to hear me say cuss words and talk about people in a certain way at all. I want you to do the same thing for me. And one of the last things, uh, of course, there's many more, but one of the other or last things that really let me know that people have a red flag situation in their conversation is they're indecisive. We kind of talked about this earlier, but they don't know when the shoot time is. They don't know what their budget is. They don't want to, They don't know when they want to get started. They don't know when they want it to end by. They don't know who the target market is. They don't know anything about the project other than they want to work with you. That is not positive for us. That is a red flag. You have no definitive answers on anything that you want. That just means that there's multiple ways that we can fail because we're not going to make you happy. Okay. And so anytime someone's indecisive about too many things, of course, there's going to be some things like, don't get me wrong. There's some people who want your professionalism and they want your experience. And so they're going to be like, Hey, how do you think we should do this? But you should be able to come to some type of consensus of what that thing is. And if they just never know, you're not going to be able to please that person. Okay. And so these, these are the red flags that have happened over the last 10 years. And when I hear them, I hear them on the call real quickly. They're so loud on the call because I don't want to go through those situations again. And that's why they're red. I have another episode coming out soon, which is focusing on yellow flags, which aren't as aggressive, but they're still important to take note of. But the red flag ones, when those come out, I'm just like, this might not be the project that we want to work on. There's multiple ways that you can get out of red flag situations. You can outprice them, give them a price that's over the budget that they want to spend. Uh, you can already be busy and say, hey, we, you know, we're busy on those dates or we're not going to be able to make the deliverable by that time. Or you can just say, we're not interested in moving forward with this project. And there's a professional way to say that, but you can say we don't uh, we're not going to move forward with the uh, the proposal to do this project just doesn't fit with what we're doing right now. Seems like you guys have some things that you still want to work out and that's completely fine. So there's multiple ways to get out of it. I think as you continue your career, you're going to have less of those and less people giving you red flags because when they see your website and they see the people you're working with and you get recommendations from people who are good clients, you're going to have less of those come up over and over and over again. And so 
I want to share that so that you can be ready if you get a new inquiry and that situation comes up so you can be ready you can be prepped and you have heard it here first instead of on the call you've been listening to a filmmaker's guide to freelancing i'm eric d seals i hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to support me jump on my instagram throw me a question in the dm check me out on youtube i'm on linkedin as well uh reach out to me give me ideas give me uh, your thoughts things that you would like for me to talk about i'm here for all of it Um, Once again, I appreciate you guys and I'll talk to you soon.